Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Great Iron Blitz right here on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and Block Talk Radio. Your host, Oscar Lopez. Uh, Great Iron Blitz powered by Zazzle.com. And so uh, we're going to have a great show today, episode 237 in the house. And we have a jam-packed two hours. Uh, we are going to be talking about the uh, Mexican National Selection Tournament that happened in Merida, Yucatan. A huge tournament, 12 teams. And we're going to be talking to the IFAB bronze winning coach of Team Mexico, which is Giovanni uh, Carrillo Larios, also uh, LFA uh, champion of Mexicas. And he's going to be in the house talking about the excitement between the tournament. 12 teams added on this year versus four teams last year. Lexfa, FX Mexico, pretty much putting on a good show. We are also going to have exclusive interview with Fabiola Rocha out of Football FM Mexico, which covered the event uh, all weekend. Uh, and also a shout out to uh, Maxico, Maximo Avance, the awesome networking uh, and covering the uh, tournament all week long. So give a shout out to all those folks out in Mexico made that uh, tournament and also the coverage so exciting for all of us to watch. And in the house in about 15 minutes, we are going to have Win Flato Dom, Domini of the Mahas Blaze, the owner, and she's going to be talking to Amaha Blaze, WFA 2019, and the acquisition of Brooke Leash to the Maha Blaze for 2019. So it's going to be great. Uh, let's uh, bring in our host here. We should have Mackenzie Brooks coming in the house, um, Luis Bean, as well as Troy Wilson should be coming in the house. We will not have the WFA All-Star, Holly Custis, who's uh, recovered from surgery, her finger surgery. And uh, Tracy Brick will be back in about a couple weeks here to give us the lowdown on Gridiron Australia. So, um, how, how's it going, you guys? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. You know, everything is ramping up football-wise. It's always a busy time, but you know, this is the the fun time of the year for everyone. Uh, everyone that's a football fan, of course. You know, watching the NFL um, and, and all of the women's football leagues that are coming along. So, it's always an exciting time. So, we're covering this year-round. And glad you guys could be with us today. Troy, um, I hope you're in good state. I know we had uh, an incident last week. And I hope everything's good for you out there in uh, in your homeland. And sorry, we were, like, uh, kind of worried. But uh, everything seems okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, you know, well, you know, I'm I'm in a little bit of pain, but you know what? I'm I'm alive and and I'm and I'm well. My family's good, so I appreciate the sentiments and everyone who um, you know, everyone's well wishes and you know my full recovery. So I appreciate it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tough guy, man. So you know, 
But I appreciate everyone's sentiments. I mean, seriously, it's, it's, it's uh, one of those things where when, you know, something like that happens, it puts a lot in perspective and, and you start to, you know, uh, be thankful for a lot of things that you have, especially being upright and your, and your health and all of that. So uh, I'm just grateful, man. Awesome. Good to hear. I uh, hope uh, your son's good, too. Everything oh, t- turns out okay. And then uh, uh, we get, we're glad to have you back. Um, so we have big weekend in Mexico, as we just uh, alluded to here previously. Big weekend in Mexico, and we're going to have two of those folks that were witness, that witnessed the whole event, including the coach and Fabiola uh, Rocha, who's coming in to kind of give us some insights on that. And she'll be up here in about an hour. Coach Giovanni here in about 40 minutes. And we are going to have uh, Wynn coming in here in about uh, 10 minutes. So, uh, Troy, in the meantime, Legends Football League action happened this week. Uh, Eastern Conference, Western Conference matchups, big showdown this weekend. Don't miss it on YouTube. Uh, this is going to be an exciting weekend to watch Legends Football League live, and it's going to be on YouTube, Eastern Conference versus Western Conference. Um, Troy, Coach Tui and company, even with the Snake, Salerno, could not uh, take care of the Austin Acoustics. Yeah, and you know what? I, I have to keep giving you your credit because you called this. You said this Austin team would be much better this year. You said they would be much more improved. And, listen, man, they made it all the way to the title game. So you got to take your hat off to that squad. You know, and it's unfortunate for Coach Tui. He battled injury. His team battled injury all season long. And I think Salerno, maybe she, you know, uh, you know, not being able to get enough reps this season, it might have attributed to it. Um, but you know what? I mean, that's that's the nature of the beast. You know, um, and, and it is a war of attrition when it's out when you're out there on that football field. But you know, they fought their tails off, and they, you know, especially through all the adversity that they had earlier this year. So you got to take your hat off the coach too. Um, there were rumors that he may be let go. I don't see how you can do that not after the season, especially the way that they finished the season this year. I don't see how they can do that. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing Coach Tilly back on the sideline again. In my opinion, I think he's one of the better coaches in, in the LFL. So the uh, score is 32-30. to 30. You're going to see that live this week on Saturday via the Legends Football League YouTube channel. So don't miss it. 30 to, uh, 32-30. The Austin Acoustic move on to host the Legends Cup over at HEB Center at Cedar Park in Austin, Texas. So check check it out. Uh, shout out to our no joke football no joke football athletes out there: Anna Garza, uh, Megan Martinez, and Michelle Marshall is on board with us now as a no joke football brand supporter and athlete. So uh, them girls are balling right now. The other one is Eastern Conference, uh, and we thought Jane Caldwell needed to step up and move forward uh, in the shoes of Heather Fur and Jacinda Barkley. Troy, um, she literally slashes the Knights, as they say, 18-6. to six. The Chicago D comes out big in the end, uh, and uh, they score a last-minute series touchdown, and they take care of business. Coach Hack is going for another championship Legends Cup title, and this time against the Acoustic. But uh, the National Knights, what a great season. We also had alluded to the Knights not having as tough of a schedule as Chicago. And so I don't know if that's a big deal or not, but at this point, a great finish, and hats off to the Chicago D for getting it done. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, they they are a championship squad. I mean, and they returned a lot of their players. It sounds the you know the the future Hall of Famer, uh, the Ferrari Chris Dale Harris. Uh, but you kind of expected this Chicago team to be um, as, as formidable as they are uh, this year. So I don't think any of the LFL fans, excuse yeah, the LFL fans are as surprised uh, to see them back in there. And you got to take your head off of Coach Hack. I mean, in my opinion, he's got to be the best coach uh, in LFL history. Just you know, just for his pedigree and, and and how many times he's won and had his team in this position. Man, I mean, you got to. And, and listen, going into the game, they have to be favored. They have to be favored, don't you think? I mean, listen, they're the champions, the defending champions, and they're back at it again. And Austin is a much improved team, man, but. I don't think that they can really stay on the field with the Chicago team showing what they show out there all season long, especially in, in last season as well. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm, a, I'm with you. I think they should be probably the favorite. Um, let's bring in uh, Mackenzie and uh, Luis here. Luis, uh, we had talked about Jane Conwell really stepping up, and uh, you're going to see it this weekend on, uh, you know, live on the game on the Eastern Conference, but this is a huge win for her in a stepping stone, and now she's got to either punch it in at Legends Cup in the final. Yeah, you know, I was watching some of the different highlights, and, uh, you know, I I definitely think I I chose both the winners. Did you choose both the winners, Oscar? I did. Last week? Okay. I I said Chicago Chicago D, and uh, Acoustic was going to win. Yeah, that quick game was a little bit closer than I thought we would be. Um, but yes, I definitely thought it was, you know, it was a good game. Um I didn't think there I thought there would be more fans. Um but there's fans, so you got to go with that. Uh I'm I'm going to be watching for the highlights. I probably won't be able to watch the game live, but I'll be watching for the highlights and uh you know, the the girls definitely know how to do some showmanship and play some football. So I'll be watching for it and looking for it. And I think it's the the two teams are the two teams that should be there. So, Yeah, all year I think that's the case right there. Uh, I don't think anybody was really surprised that Chicago beat Nashville. I think everybody was more surprised that it was so close and then uh, a one-possession mm-hmm. game. But it was a great game. You're going to get to watch it this weekend. So 18-6 to six on that side and then 32-30 uh, to 30 on the other side. Uh, Mackenzie, uh, we had talked about Austin – you know, the team being all all year really good, Chicago here. So, as to Louise's uh, point here, uh, this is no surprise that the, these two are in the finals. No, it's not, to be honest. I was actually um, more – I was more surprised both games were so close, um, kind of in agreement with everybody else. I was just kind of like I, – I personally had expected um, a Chicago blowout more than it to be – a little bit, you know, um, the one possession. And, I mean, and both both teams played very good. I actually got a chance to watch part of both of those games, and I was really shocked, um, kind of like Luis was, as far as there not, not having been as many fans as I had originally thought there would have been. But, I mean, at least there was fans in the stands, you know, so they were able to um, continue to showcase the, the kind of talent they have on all four of those teams. I was really just surprised it was so close. Um, in the end, it was very. I was like, I was actually kind of shocked to be honest, just because I know how both teams kind of play. Um, so, and I'm, I'm actually glad it was a close game. It kept things entertaining. 
I loved it. And you know what? Seven on seven, eight on eight, it's kind of a specialty in a lot of ways. So when you watch it like that and the, and everybody can play really man-to-man, it's very uh, entertaining football too. Oh, absolutely, no doubt. It, it was more – some people, as far as, like, opinions and um, entertainment value, think that you can't get the full football entertainment unless it's the traditional 11-on-11, and that's actually not even close to being true, um, especially if you if you watch what kind of talent um, the Legends League, the Legends League and, and such have. Um, it's definitely not that at all, <laughs> not even close. So I was, I was really happy with um, just the overall – content and how entertained I still was um, even after both games were going back and forth. So it was pretty, uh, I was pretty glad. Well, um, you guys can get to catch it all live uh, this weekend, Eastern conference, Western conference. Uh, don't miss it. Like I said, it's really neck down to the neck wire games. It's pretty exciting. 30 to 32 to 30 temptation lose to the Austin acoustic. Uh, and Chicago Bliss win last-minute uh, defensive stop with the touchdown, 18 to six. Um, before we bring in Win here, uh, Bean and uh, McKenzie, big bombshell, WFNC, uh, part of Jen Welter and Odessa Jenkins' creation here, which is the uh, the Women's Football National Conference bombshell here it's going to happen we're going to go into detail uh after the interviews here and all and all that but what did you guys think of the news uh bean what did you think of the news as they came out oh you know we've had oj on a couple times i wasn't surprised obviously there was lots of speculation that she would do something with others uh after the after the teams left the iwfl um I definitely think that it sounds interesting. There's a lot of upside to it. I think they've done a lot of research. I definitely think they've tried to answer a lot of concerns. I know there's a lot of people that say, hey, it should just be one league. You've heard me talk. I'm not a big fan about saying, oh, it all needs to be a one-league nation, and then all our problems will be solved. I don't believe that at all. I think we learn and grow, and we progress as we learn, and People figure out how to do things better, and it doesn't mean that the things that have been done are bad or wrong. Obviously, the IWFL and the WFA and other small leagues have served purposes and gave places for teams to go play. Uh, so I, I'm just getting my popcorn and, and going to watch the show and see what happens because uh, I, I, there's a, I feel like there's a lot of traction on social media right now. I think a lot of people are watching. They got legit people in place and involved and smart people, and they have money. And everyone's been crying for money and backing. So there you go. They've offered it. So that's my thoughts on that. Mackenzie, this is kind of a bombshell in a way, but given the fact that you have Jenkins involved, Welter involved, Colette Smith involved, um, they have been around a lot of circles in the NFL with their internships and they've probably been pitching stuff on a lot of years, you know, to kind of figure out how to get something up to a up and running level. And it just looks to me like they've built some relationships and this is probably a starting point. Yeah. You know, I have to uh, agree with you, especially um, just in terms of after everything having gone down with those couple teams leaving the IWFL and then 
essentially turning into the best of the West and then now essentially turning into um, the, you know, this new league. Um, I'm, I was actually pretty surprised. Um, I kind of figured, I kind of figured something was going, was in the works, but I, I didn't think it would come about so quickly. Um, I was just more or less like, okay, you know, this is, Apparently, this is something that you know would had been in the works for a while. I guess and I just didn't expect it, expect the news to drop like a bombshell so quickly. Um, in terms of the other uh, women's leagues, uh, I personally think they all have something to worry about. I mean, it's kind of like I was uh, discussing with some people before. I mean, it's kind of like that nostalgia as far as you know being having that um, in a sense new kid on the block kind of thing. You know, you have these two these two or three other women's leagues that are, you know, pretty well established for the most part. And then you have the new, the new kid who kind of, who's like the new, new thing. No one really knows what it's about, but you know, it's been talked about. They have backing and they have, they have the money to do what um, the other leagues have been, you know, trying to figure out how to do for the past couple of years. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how fast and how quickly this, uh, this league gets put together. I'm actually, I'm kind of glued to, my my laptop and tablet trying to you know trying to find find out more information trying to figure out you know schedules and all that stuff so I'm I'm real interested to see um, how quickly this just takes over. Hey, Troy, we shouldn't. Troy, we shouldn't um, be surprised that this is a Jenkins project, right? No, I mean no. As soon, I mean as soon as I heard about this, I mean, I, and I didn't know who all was involved, but I knew she had something to do with it. I mean because listen, that girl chops, you know. 24/7 and doing this and you know and this is part of what she dreamed on doing is you know getting a league but really concentrating on the financial aspect of it and just looking at the the structure that they have I mean this was this was pretty well thought out with these with these ladies here and just you know the to have that marketing aspect of it um I, I just think it both well. I, I like what it sounds like, and, but at, at the same time, I have the same trepidation that, that everyone else is talking about: is is how is this going to affect a, a a pretty good product in the WFA? I mean, are are they going to are teams going to start running for the hills? Are going to start you know joining up, you know, with the new league, and and how is that going to affect these other ladies and other and these other franchises uh, going forward? But I, I will say this. If this model does work out, and it, it looks very promising, they got a lot of heavy hitters in this in these um, in, in key positions in these, in this organization. If this does work out, I'm just looking at the windfall also of, hey, listen, we we found a successful model that works in promoting women's football, and so in the in, in the beginning, it may be hard for some of the teams who are not involved in that league. But in the future, this may bode well for everyone involved in women's football. All right. Since we're on that on notes right now, let's go into the huddle. Sponsored by Zazzle.com. You can go to the uh, No Joke Football Shop. And I want to thank everybody that's gone there this uh, last two months. We've been blowing up. You guys can get your No Joke Football brand uh, basic logo T-shirt uh, with the coupon, 15% off, uh, 20% off. And on top of that, you guys can get everything else, leggings, tees, hoodies, and everything else. So we really appreciate it. And I want to just announce and thank everybody for throwing us over the top this week. Uh, as the bombshell of the WNFC came out, we had, we literally hit 19,000 on all social platforms, 19,000 strong. 
on social media. So I really want to thank all our followers, devoted people that are following our, our sites on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, you name it. Really appreciate everybody listening to us and actually following us and making women's football relevant and important. And those are diehards, 6,000 on Facebook, over 6,000 on Twitter, and another 6,000 close on Instagram, plus Snapchat and YouTube. So really, really appreciate it. So let's go into the huddle. And we are going to have the owner of the uh, Mile High Blaze of the WFA Division Two, and that is uh, Wynn Flato Domini. Hey, hi, Wynn. How you doing? Hey, how's it going, guys? Wynn, uh, let's start off with a bombshell and your thoughts because you're in the WFA and no stranger to knowing uh, Odessa Jenkins and Jen Walter and Colette Smith and everybody else that's supposed to be involved in this project. Uh, what did you think when the news came out? Um, you know, good for them. I'm, I, you know, I'm glad that they're stepping out and doing their thing. Um, there's a place for everyone, right? Um, the Mile High Blaze happened to be one of the teams that was targeted and asked to join their league, as a matter of fact. Um, so I have been talking with them for a few weeks, um, learning what they have to offer, hearing it out, and um, in the end, I've chosen to stay in the WFA. So, Gwen, uh, the, the season that you guys had this year, pretty exciting and also successful. And you also had a, a Colorado just women's football mix of excitement just in the state alone with all the teams. Um, why do you move to Brook Leash uh, at this point? Because, it, uh, you know, you've always run a good organization there in my high and you've gotten one step closer to you know, the title game. So do you feel like at this point, was that a move just to benefit your offense? Um, I think it benefits everyone involved. Um, she's going to bring a spark to our team and um, she's going to do her job. I have faith in that. Um, uh, on the other hand, I think that um, Brooke deserves some playing time out there. Um, she proved herself in KC and I feel like she can be utilized uh, in our offense to take it a step further. All right. So we're going to go on a round table here, and everybody's going to kind of just shoot at you. So uh, tryouts sure. before we start the round table. Where are the tryouts happening now for Mile High? Uh, they're on September 22nd uh, from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. at Mont- Montbello Rec Center. So we got about, about a month, right? Um, what's the details for anybody interested? Um, we're looking for all shapes and sizes. You know, come out, uh, see what we're about, learn about the Mile High Blaze, uh, what we have to offer on the football field and in the community. Um, show us what you got. See if you have what it takes to be a part of our team. All right. So, um, when I'm going to throw it out to the roundtable here, and they're going to just throw some questions at you, but Good season for you guys. Uh, it was a great, exciting uh, season for everybody in terms of the WFA, I think, in general. And then the uh, championship the championship games were really, really good at every tier. So that's really good, uh, a, a positive, in other words, for ownership and for branding as well. So, uh, Louise, let's uh, shoot away at Gwen here. All right, I got two questions. Um, okay. First off, what went into – and by the way, how you doing? I'm good. How about you? <laughs> good, thanks. Uh, what went into your decision since you were being suited 
or uh, sought after by OJ and the people. What went into your decision to stay in the WFA versus jumping? Well, um, after listening and hearing things out um, and knowing that, yes, it is a no fee to enter their league um, for the owners. However, in talking with them, one of the main things um, that I wasn't okay with was the cost of travel was going to more than triple for me. Um, the teams that I was being asked to play, let's just throw out there, I was asked to uh, play Seattle. We're looking at a 21-hour travel time there. Um, and I'm looking at at least twenty to $25,000 in travel for that. Um, I, I, that's insane. I mean, it, it, especially if we've only got three, um, three home games to recoup money on and then three away games, two of which were going to be 18-plus hours. Um, I'd be looking at a good $40,000 in travel. No way. Yeah, that's a lot of money. And you guys have been pretty, uh, I don't know, in my eyes, lucky that you've had several other teams to play within a close proximity. So, yeah, that really makes a difference. Um, yeah, jumping, in, jumping from nine hours, being my furthest opponent, nine hours right now to 20 hours is, is crazy. There's yep. no way that I can do that. Yep. That's a nice thing to have all those teams there. All right, makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, my other question would be is because you guys are from Denver, which is it's a huge market of population, and you've always, well, at least in the last couple years, two or three years, you've had a great roster size. Uh, what keeps you guys from going Division One? And you've had a good record throughout the regular season. So, yes, what keeps you guys from doing that? Oh, that, that's simple. Um so I, I took over this team uh, three years ago. This will be coming into my fourth season. Every year we've grown. When I started, we had 17 people in a playoff game. Um, and now we've you know, started the season with 65 people on our roster. One issue that we have is being Division Two. the only people around us to play are Division Three. The closest Division One or Division Two opponent to me is Kansas City which is a nine-hour drive, which is fine. I'm good with that. But I, I would love to have more Division Two or Division One teams to play because it does nothing for me in the Massey rankings to play Division Three teams, nor does it do anything for my players, you know, to get work in. When we have to face a Division One opponent, you know, in, in the end, or truly I feel like Division One opponent for instance, when we played the Vixen. It does nothing for us to play Division Three teams all season long and then face someone like that in the in the conference championships. Right. So, but that wouldn't change. I, it totally makes sense as far as you're saying that if you were Division One, that you'd be hurt by the Massey rankings, and so if you if Absolutely. you're Division Two, okay. All right, yep. I got that. One. Yeah. If we if we were in if we were in Division One playing Division Three teams. I mean, our, our rankings would be horrible and our strength of schedule would be shot. Whereas a Division three team who, ha- who was playing Division one teams and two teams, their strength of schedule would outweigh ours and they would have higher rankings than us. Okay. So, but, you, but then your girls then, so the Matthew rankings I can see. So the girls, though, how do they feel about then playing lesser uh, quality teams on the regular season? 
Because it seems like you would they, compete well in Division One. It's just that the Massey would hurt you. So how do they feel about that in the regular season? I would think they would be frustrated with that. It is. It is frustrating. It's it's frustrating for everyone. Um, we want to add, you know, teams. We're we're excited that Nebraska has has come in and they're going to go Division Two. Um, I'm excited that the Slam is back. Um, they'll probably be Division Two, if not Division One, and I look forward to playing them again. Um, and then we've got the Titans. So this season looks like I'm going to have more of those Division Two and Division One teams on our schedule. All right. Well, that so that'll be great. Forward to that. Well, very good. That'll be great. Now you know you're gonna you got to play the Falcons. You know that it's only I nine know. hours away. You you, you got to get with was, Coach Rick. You know you got to make that happen. Actually, Coach Rick and I were texting today. To be honest with you, I had okay. uh, you know let him know let him know where we were with the whole WNSC, um, and then uh, you know he was saying that he wants to get a preseason game in really bad. So. Well, that would be huge. Everyone would be really happy about that. So I know that we are short on time, so I'll let you talk to the other people. Thanks, Wynn. Sure, sure. Thank you. Hi, Wynn McKenzie Hi, here. McKenzie. How are you today? Hey, McKenzie. How are you doing? You know, I'm I'm living the dream. I'm not going to lie. I really am. I love it. Hey, that's a good day. How? I know. You know, I've it was pretty long one here getting prepared for the show, but I just want to ask you, um, as far as your thoughts um, with this new league here, what would you say was, um, in terms of just um, your overall reaction, were you surprised that um, the news, as far as the new league, broke out so soon? Um, Were you looking for it to come out maybe, you know, in the middle of the WFA and the other uh, league seasons next year? Kind of just give me your uh, thoughts and just overall um, insight on that. Oh no, I knew I knew when it was coming out. I knew before. Um I had I OJ had let me know um when it was coming out. Um just to be fair and to to be transparent, I am on the on the WFA board. Um so um you know, I've I've had numerous talks with with Lisa, you know, the commissioner of WFA. I've had tons of talks with OJ um over the last few weeks and uh, about her product, what she's got to got to offer everyone, uh, what's going to happen, and I, you know, I had to weigh everything. Um, I've been with the WFA for several years now. I have received everything I've been promised. Um, I know that the board has been working their tails off this season to make a lot of changes um, that are fixing to happen. Um, we've got a big meeting scheduled in October for owners and for the board members, and there's going to be some new things announced, and I'm really excited about that. Um, so with that being said, and then weighing out everything um, that the WNFC had to offer, it made more sense to stay where I where I am right now. Um, I don't have to reinvent the wheel, but I can improve it. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I think that OJ and and the rest of of the crew there, they've got some great ideas. Am I going to bash that? Absolutely not. That would be insane on my part. Um, Brilliant, brilliant, you know, uh, football minds, that's for sure. But I think that um, I'm blessed to be in a league with 65-plus teams and with several more coming into the league. 
um, that haven't been announced yet. And I think that um, we've got a lot of areas that we can improve on and branch out on and uh, make a big difference. I think, I think players are going to be excited about some things that are fixing to happen. Look at that. I like it. Absolutely. Um, so my next question is more or less um, in terms of um, your team, the Mile High Blaze. So when you took over the team um, three years ago, what would you say was your biggest um, discrepancy as far as um, biggest challenge or just overall what was like the toughest hardship transitioning into an ownership position? Oh, gosh. You know, I, I started on the team um, just as a as, as somebody going, wow, I love, you know, how much I love football. I, this is my passion, right? And then mm-hmm. got uh, moved into the GM position. And then I was like, look, I can do things with this team. I know that I can do better. Um, we we have areas that we can improve on. And so, I you know, I looked at everything. I saw that, I, you know, players players wanted to be more invested. They wanted to believe in a coach and have a coach. They wanted to get sponsorships and do fundraisers. They wanted to do all these things, but they just didn't have, I think, that that leadership or that guidance at that moment, who someone who was willing to take over a bunch of that stuff, the stuff that they shouldn't have to worry right. about. You know, play football. That's what I want them to do. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. Play football. And that was something that, that I really worked on to change. Um and to bring the community um, and our team together. That was something that I felt was lacking. You know, now we're, we're out building houses for Habitat, you know, for humanity. We're honoring fallen officers at our games. Um, you name it, we're doing it in the community, whether it's going to the children's hospital and signing autographs and giving stuffed animals away. That's something huge that we can do and, and change people and bring them in and go, man, this isn't just about football. This is about family and community, too. So that's been a huge deal for us. Absolutely. I mean, and I can't imagine it just being, you know, going from one spot on the team as far as not having anything to do with ownership and then completely flipping the script and taking over the team and, you know, doing all those things that you've just listed to, you know, get get the Mile High, mile high Blaze as an entity itself out in the open and I and I personally think you, you and your organization have done a wonderful job with that. I, I just really thank wanted you. you to know that. So, oh, absolutely. I really There's appreciate no that, here, especially. <laughs> absolutely, like I said, you know, I I follow um, your team, and I've got um, some of your players on my personal page as well. And, there's just nothing but positivity there on your guys' end. And it's, it's really refreshing to see, you know, sometimes us as women, you know, trying to, we all pretty much have the same generalized idea as far as we all want to make a better, better long-term um, opportunity for women's football and women's sports in general. And I think, I think you, your guys' organization is one of the top ones that is doing that right now. So um, I just want to congratulate you on that and just, you know, Thank I just you. want to say keep on going because we're we're we all back you in terms of your team and your organization, and we're all right behind you trying to do the same thing and get the same opportunities provided for all of our organizations that are, um, you know, spread out across the country. Man, I I really appreciate that. That means a lot. I I can't. T- I think one of the things that that is a little different about me is I genuinely love every single one of my players. They're my family. 
And if one of them, you know, walks through my front door and needs food, then that's what happens. If somebody, you know, has a kid and we've got to take care of them, we've got to come together, that's what that's what it's about. And like I was saying earlier, not just football, it's so much more, you know. And and I've got to be invested and buy into my players and care about them. They're, they're, they're out there putting their bodies on the line for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that's a lot of trust. That's a lot of that's a lot of respect. And I, you know, I I owe them so much for doing that every day. That's how I feel. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think I could have said it better myself. Well, I appreciate your time. I'm gonna go ahead and um, hand it over to Troy um, with his set of questions. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you. Of course, absolutely. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Doing well, doing well. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, ask you. Um, so how did this deal with Brookleach, uh come to fruition? How, I mean, how did this come across to you guys? How, how did all of this stuff, you know, come, come together? Well, um, so I've got I've got some good quarterbacks on my team already. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I've got you know Smooth and I've got Adrian, who are amazing, but they're also amazing at other positions. Smooth's an amazing wide receiver. Um, Adrian's a, you know linebacker. So, um, I, you know when when I heard things that were going on and heard rumblings over there in KC, um, and Brooks' dad was talking to me. Um, you know, it, he brought it up. We talked about it. I, I cannot approach a player, so when he opened the door for me, it was like, well, let's talk. Um, and I'm a straight shooter, and I said, this is what I have to offer. This is this is the truth. Um, this is what we do. This is what my organization is about. And we put the best 11 players out there regardless, no matter what. So if that's something that's interesting to you guys, and you want to get on this train that I'm, you know, I'm pushing towards the national championship, then let's do it. And we awesome. are. Awesome. I love it. I love it. And, and, and listen, you're, you're adding just another player to add competition, as you already said, to a position that you guys uh, feel have, have some confidence in. You guys have five All-Americans uh, from this past season. So, you know, you guys are already stacked on your roster. And speaking of the All Americans, who do you feel We've like? We've got I ten. Was, oh, ten. My apologies. My apologies. So, oh, so yeah. who do you feel? Who do you feel should have been put on that roster? I mean, we always have you know some some folks and some players that we feel you know didn't get the recognition they deserve. Do you have any in mind? Um, you know that you feel should have gotten more recognition the work that they've done. Oh gosh, oh, that is such a tough they one. Put you um, <laughs> oh hell, that's that's like you're being mean just a second. Um, you know, I'd, I'd have to say someone that I, I think you know could have could have gotten a nod would be Sasha Cruz. Um, she she was a player last year who who, who did her job, but this year she took it to a whole nother level and made such great improvements. And um, she was right there. She was right there with a couple of the other players. And it was, it, it sucked to have to whittle down to ten. Let me tell you that. I wish we could have had more. 
Um, but it is what it is. So I would love to go with Dr. Gotcha. And my my final question, um, when it comes down to this upcoming season, you guys were so close. You guys were so close mm. to get there. Do you feel like right now, and, 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 you know, you guys haven't even started recruiting yet, but with the team that you guys have coming back, and then I'm pretty sure you guys are hitting the road uh, recruiting very hard, how do you feel like what are your chances are next year to at least be back in the same position and fighting for a championship here? Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I just, I just also um, got Jamie Fornall, and um, I, I am so excited about that um, addition. She played for, uh, she played for Central Cal. She played for Seattle. She played for Chicago. And for the last uh, two seasons, she played for the Dallas Elite. And she just came here to Denver, and I'm super stoked to add her. Hey, Gwen, um, Gwen, I don't want to interrupt here, but did you say Jamie Fornell? I sure did. Did you say leash to Jamie Fornell? I, I, say that again? Uh, did you say leash to Jamie Fornell? Because that sounds like a great connection. Um, yeah, something like that. I sure did. It's going to be beautiful. I'm, I'm yeah, telling Jamie you, man, I'm, very I'm, talented. I'm working hard. Oh yeah. I'm working hard recruiting. We, I even got a new recruiter this season who's, um, you know, hitting all the gyms, hitting the colleges, you know, we're, look, this is, this is no joke this season. This is it. Um, two seasons we've been to the American conference championship and, um, not made it you know, to that final game, and that stops this season. That's the way it is. Our team has faith, we believe, and there's no mercy this season. That's it. Wow. Um, Troy, this is like Rogers to Graham mentality. It's pretty big. I like it. I mean, you know, putting together all of that talent all at once, I mean, you gotta be got to be excited about this next season. This, this That's great. I, I, I love it. Absolutely. I'm yeah. you know, I'm going wherever I've got to go to get those those players. Fit. Yeah, it's a, uh, this is this is great. Uh Gwen, uh, the reason I brought you on, I wanted to get you in here is because there's so many positive things that you've done, like you said over your three year span, but the move, the off-season move, you know, bringing uh Brooke over to Denver. Now you're just bombshell here on the Gridiron Blitz, Jamie Fornell to the Blaze. Uh Fornell I mean, outstanding athlete from Legends Football League to WFA, uh, you name it. She has been a ca- high-caliber addition. So that just right there just uh, blows my mind. But uh, congratulations to you and everybody there because this is going to be huge. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm excited what our vets are going to do, um, how they're going to step up the game, and how, how these two players are going to fit in with, with our vets. Um, and then start teaching some rookies. Let's handle business, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, Gwen, can you let everybody know where to, they can get hooked up, especially if they're in the Denver, Colorado area, and they want to go out there and put on that uh, the blue and orange feel that's going to be for 2019? Oh, goodness, absolutely. So you can check us out at milehighblaze.com. Um, also, our email is milehighblaze at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, you name it. Just type in milehighblaze and you're there. 
Sounds exciting for 2019. Uh, I mean, you've done so much good work out there in the community, especially. Uh, I know if you follow, if everybody follows you on social media, you guys, like you said, you guys are out there not just only engaging on a football level, but also on a local uh, community level. So, you know, hats off to you and everybody around you that obviously uh, helps you out with the endeavor. But, uh, you know, the, the fact that you have stood out in the last two years and one step closer to, uh, you know, trying to win the title, that just says a lot about you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, you know, I've, in, in speaking with, like, Brooke, you know, this is this is her dream is to to get to a championship, and and man, I I hope that, you know, we can we can make that happen this season for her, for for my players, for everyone else. You know, um, there's a lot of people invested in this, and and that's what we want to do. So, thank you. I appreciate your support. Well, Gwen, I can tell you right now, adding Jamie Fornell, <laughs> that right there is a sure offensive threat. And even if you just use her and you have all these other weapons on top of that, I mean, uh, yeah, the blaze is going to be blazing in 2019. Well, thank you. You're, you're the first to know that this is the first, uh, first I've said this, you know, in public. So yay for God, you. I, oh my God. I, we are so grateful for you throwing that out there and that's, and tell Jamie, we are like elated to see her on field play, especially right now with, you know, you're taking, you're taking two quarterbacks, as you just mentioned right now, switching them over, if anything, to a, another linebacker position, and you're adding another position to it. I mean, they're already quality quarterback uh, quarterback players. Now you're just shifting the, the pieces. Wow. And you add a leash as a mobile quarterback and threat. Oh, my God. That's it's just, just an excitement to build up for 2019. Oh, yeah. I'm Look, I'm, I cannot wait to see all these players on the 22nd. I mean, you know, just for tryouts, I'm I'm excited, you know, just to see the competition, just to see them, you know, giving it their all. Um, it, it's going to be special this season. I, I'm I'm very blessed. I feel like to have you know the players that I have in place. Um, you know, my vets are are my heart. You know, and I'm looking forward to these new players coming in and uh, learning from them, learning from our coaches, and then being the future. All right. So, Gwen, uh, I'll poke a joke out of you. Can you send some of those players to the Denver Dream because they're a disaster right now? I'm just saying. And a couple of your <laughs> players are on the Denver Dream. Actually, <laughs> yes, one I'm of my players kidding. is I'm on the Denver Dream. Sasha Cruz, the one who I just said, you know, was on that bubble of being uh, being an All-American, she actually is on the uh, Denver Dream. So, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, but other than that, great job with the Blaze. Uh, we'll we'll chat up um, if we can. Um, chat up a little bit after September. See where we're at and state of state of the team, uh, because we're really excited. I mean, you just just bringing up Jamie Fornell just gives me like goosebumps. You know, uh, Lisa Fornell. This is huge. So uh, thanks for coming in and making the time. We really appreciate it. Hey, thank you for having me. I I really appreciate everybody, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again. All right, Gwen, thank you. Have a great night. Uh, we'll touch base again, and uh, we're looking forward to the 2019 uh, Mile High Blade. Hey, thanks for your support. Have a good night. All right, guys, there you are. Gwen uh, Flato Dominique, she's the owner of the Mile High Blaze. And what can you say about that? Jamie Fordnell to the Blaze with Brooke Leash as a hookup. Oh, my God, that just. 
bombshell right here also. That's wow, a scary, that's, 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 a, that's a scary tandem. That is a scary tandem. That, I'm not going to lie. I'm just saying, that's almost as... That's almost as good as Cahill to Bonds and Cahill to Bynanke out there. I mean, just crazy, just crazy. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be great. Um, let's go into the second No Joke Football Huddle, sponsored by Zazzle.com. As I said before, uh, use the daily codes and save up to 20% off. You can go get hoodies, leggings, T-shirts, uh, bras, everything else you can up there at Zazzle.com. Let's bring in to the huddle the – uh, coach of the IFAB bronze winning champions, uh, Mexico team is Giovanni Larios. Uh, coach Giovanni, how are you doing? Bueno. Como estas, Coach Giovanni? Como esta? Gracias por hacer el tiempo hoy. Muchas gracias por, este, por ustedes por tener el tiempo para comunicarse y hacer esta entrevista. Coach Giovanni, este, uh, deja empezar ahorita este, uh, una altercación en uno de los juegos con penalties con usted, que lo que pasó, pero este, eso pasa, ¿verdad? Sí, así es, digo, la verdad es que el fútbol americano aquí en México está creciendo a nivel femenil, entonces, digo, ha sido una competencia muy fuerte, muy desgastante en, este, en estos periodos de que fueron tres días de competencia, donde jugabas todos los días, entonces, digo, ahí nos falló, pero creo que nos sirve de experiencia. Coach Giovanni, eh, no era una sorpresa de que el Expas Centro ganó el, el, el campeonato, ¿verdad? Pero en los dos equipos, Querétaro y Centro, ¿qué juego hasta el final, el último juego, el último juego en la final en, en el, para, este, para la victoria para Centro? Sí, la verdad es que no fue ninguna sorpresa. La verdad es que el equipo del Expas Centro bien este tiene muy buenas jugadoras igual que el equipo de titanes de titanes de Querétaro la verdad es que el 70-80% de los dos equipos llevaron jugadoras que estuvieron presentes en el campeonato mundial que se jugó en Canadá el Exfa traía al menos unas 25 jugadoras y Querétaro tenía seis jugadoras que participaron en el campeonato mundial entonces sabíamos que iba a ser un buen encuentro y hasta el final se decidió Coach, este, uh, en la formación de 12 uh, grupos para presentar este segundo nacional, uh, muchos de los equipos, especialmente Baja, tuvieron que you know, venir de, de Baja California hasta Yucatán. Eso era algo de, de, no, pues, de costo también para ellos. Pero este, ¿qué dice de esos equipos que fueron a Mérida? Eso es el, el, el querer de jugar y, y elevar el juego. So, eso es buen, bueno, bueno para todos, ¿no? La verdad es que después del campeonato mundial fue aquí en México un boom para el nivel de fútbol americano femenil, el cual pues se vio en este nacional. El primer nacional fueron cuatro, nada más cuatro selecciones, ahora son doce, el cual si bien el costo fueron pocas jugadoras en esa selección, pero creo que ya hay ese motivo, esa, esa emoción, ese querer participar y demostrar que son capaces de poder representar a su país, ¿no? Realmente aquí la Federación Mexicana de Fútbol Americano, que es el presidente Jorge Orobio, la verdad es que este tipo de campeonatos han sido muy buenos para poder tener esa visualización, para poder ver a las jugadoras de otros lados y formar una selección más competitiva. Sí, este, y, el, lo, lo que tomó parto es de que Lexfa y FXX están haciendo cosas buenas porque las, las dos selecciones de, cada, de, de los dos lados 
uh, hicieron buena competencia y uh, la LIFFA también hizo buena competencia con el, los equipos morados y rosas. So eso uh, estuvo muy, uh, ¿cómo le digo? Estuvo padre porque uh, estuvimos cubrimiento con, uh, con el uh, máximo avance y todos este toda la semana, desde este, el jueves hasta el, el sábado y el domingo, estuvimos mirando toda la acción. So, qué bueno para todos en, en Mérida. Sí, la verdad es que la, la difusión que le está dando aquí el, los medios de comunicación de México, ejemplo Máximo Avante, que tiene cobertura, que lo pueden ver en varias partes del mundo, es algo muy bueno para las chavas, no para las mujeres que estamos en este, que quieren sobresalir, quieren destacar en este deporte. Este, la verdad es que todas las ligas que están aquí en México están haciendo un buen trabajo, los equipos hacen un buen trabajo, ya se ve una diferente, una, este, una forma diferente de ver el fútbol americano femenil, el cual pues se viene en este campeonato nacional que ya el fútbol americano a nivel femenil está subiendo su nivel y es lo que queremos trabajar, ¿no? Estamos trabajando en esta, en esta cuestión para poder nosotros enfocarnos a que en México se mejore el, el nivel y obviamente con vistas y viendo hacia el, a los siguientes campeonatos mundiales y poder competir a un gran nivel. Digo, el campeonato mundial pasado hicimos un buen papel, entonces estamos buscando mejorar ese ese papel que hicimos ya en los, este, en los posteriores campeonatos mundiales. Ah, coach, una pregunta uh, última para ahí luego agarro los demás usted que están aquí con nosotros para hacerle preguntas, pero este coach, el el nivel al 11 FX México, FX México hizo masters con ciertos equipos, Lexfa espero que va a ser lo mismo con ciertos equipos. So, todavía no está lista todo todos para hacer 11 por 11, ¿verdad? Se so, va a hacer grupos chicos. Este, hasta ahorita solamente la única liga que ha hecho o sea, ha saltado a 11 contra 11 es este, la liga FXF donde estamos participando pero la intención es que las demás ligas empiecen a jugar en sus temporadas este, 11 contra 11 si no siguen con la modalidad arena la cuestión es que con este tipo de campeonatos nacionales que hace la federación año con año es que las jugadoras tengan experiencia a competir 11 contra 11 y poder visualizarlas y poder este, darles un seguimiento para poder conformar una selección y tener un buen este un buen desarrollo para formar esa misma selección. All right, so, so um, you guys, I just asked the coach uh, about the excitement in Merida, about the national tournament. He's really excited. He's excited that there was 12 teams available to, to actually travel there and compete. He's also very excited that at some point every league is going to have at least an 11-on-11 squad because every every other league except for FX Mexico, who started 11-on-11 last season with four teams, everybody else still plays 8-on-8. Eight eight. And he's really excited because of the, the talent pool that is showing up and that showed up at the tournament that shows him that for the next world championship, there's going to be a lot more comp competition to get on that roster. So I will translate for you guys – Um, back and forth as soon as you guys give your answers. So, uh, uh, Coach Giovanni, vamos a empezar con Luis uh, Bean. Ella es una mariscal del campo, campeonato en la en la IWFL en Estados Unidos con la, los Falcones de Utah. Y ella va a hacer una pregunta. So, Luis, go ahead and ask your question. I'll translate. Hello, Coach. Uh, my question is, is I saw a lot of really young players, especially they highlighted in the interview some young quarterbacks. What is his guess on the youngest player he had versus, like, the oldest player? 
So, Coach Giovanni dice, este, Luis, que observó muchos talentos de juventud de 14 a 15 años uh, en, en el torneo en ciertos equipos. So, uh, ¿Quiere saber ella de qué era la edad entre en, en el torneo entre jugadoras? ¿Desde 15 a qué edad usted observó? Ok. Las, eh, realmente las edades aquí en México las manejamos a partir de 15 en adelante, a 15 años en adelante. La, el grueso de las jugadoras tienen entre 25 a 30 años. Yo en el equipo de que yo llevaba, que es F FXF, mi primera coreba, que es la, la número 4 que estuvo, tiene 15 años y la segunda coreba que traíamos de segundo equipo también tiene 15 años. Las corebacks experimentadas eran del Exfa, que este, una de ellas participó en el campeonato mundial y este, la otra estuvo en el proceso de selección. Entonces, sí te, estamos buscando juventud para poder nosotros desarrollarlas y que posteriormente estén en un campeonato y puedan participar en un campeonato mundial. Okay, empezamos con un proceso para que empiecen a acostumbrarse al fútbol 11 para que vayan desarrollando sus cualidades físico-atléticas y también en el fútbol entonces es un proceso que estamos empezando con, en conjunto con la Federación Mexicana de Fútbol Americano para poder llegar y que tengan un buen desarrollo para posteriormente representar a nuestro país So Luis, um, the average starting age that the league allows is 15 uh, as about as old as 40 He's more, they're more interested in the development of the athletes. So everybody plays eight on eight, but their goal is that to, when they have the national selection tournaments like this one, and they'll have one next year, is that they will play 11 on 11 just to get all the players acclimated to the 11 on 11 as they go towards, uh, you know, rostering for the, the next world championship. Wow, that's really, really cool. Man, that's amazing how young that is. Uh, okay, so just ask him what after the whole tournament was said and done, what was his favorite part of the whole thing? And then I'll turn it over to so Coach, Coach Giovanni, uh, dice Luis que uh, se acabó el, el torneo. ¿Qué es uh, la, la qué, qué observó usted del torneo en, en ciertas cosas, uh, los equipos? ¿Qué, ¿Qué es algo amoroso de usted de que miró de, ya que se acabó el torneo? Este, lo que destacamos, lo que pude destacar del torneo es que ya se entiende mucho mejor el fútbol americano a nivel 11 contra 11, tenemos mucho mejores fundamentos, hablando en técnica individual, tenemos mejor tacleo, mejores coberturas, ya entendemos, ya este, las corebacks tienen un mejor brazo, muestran unas mejores lecturas a nivel sistema ofensivo, en, hablando de una spread offense, tenemos buenos fundamentos de bloqueo, el, el, se, se mostró en el, el equipo del Exfa Centro que jugó una este en la semifinal y en el juego final un este una ofensa de este de, de poder el cual fueron dos, dos cerrados y todo el tiempo por tierra pero las linieras ofensivas mantenían muy bien su bloqueo lo que destacamos es que participaron más de 600 jugadoras en este torneo nacional el cual nos permite a nosotros como entrenadores y este poder visualizar más a jugado, más jugadoras para poder tener un mejor desarrollo el cual estamos buscando aquí en el fútbol americano ya saltar de la modalidad de arena que son 8 contra 8 a un, una modalidad 11 contra 11 y que nuestro juego de fútbol americano aquí en México crezca seguimos con vistas a poder competir contra equipos de Estados Unidos el cual nos pueda ayudar a que las jugadoras tengan un mejor nivel y poder competir So Luis, totally excited and more blown up that there was 600 players on that tournament event. 
at, uh, in Yucatan. And he's also very, he was also very excited that Lexo Central played a very good spread offense and really good game in terms of tackling, proper tackling, and very, very good fundamentals. And he's very excited that the fundamentals are being applied. His hope is that at some point they can get some competition in the States so that it will grow their uh, on-field play better. So as they get towards national rostering and then also obviously competing internationally. Okay, that's way impressive. 600, pe- kids, 600 players, 12 teams, very cool. Congrats to him. Dice que buenos para ustedes allá. Saludos porque tener los 600 jugadores que representaron allá en Mérida y que el proceso está para subir el juego americano en México. Muchísimas gracias. La verdad es que estamos haciendo un trabajo que nos ha costado mucho trabajo, pero creo que vamos por buen camino. So uh, he says it's, it's been a, it's been a great journey and it's a lot a lot more work to be done, but uh, he wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, Mackenzie, so let's bring you on here to chat with Coach Giovanni. Hello, Coach. How are you doing today? Um, my question for you is: Do you, if you don't already um, already have them, do you uh, plan on creating um, a developmental league for um, girls that aren't quite? Um, you know, aren't quite the age to join the um, national team tournament um, as far as, like, younger schoolgirls, um, you know, anywhere from ages uh, probably 6 to 13. Any plans for anything like that? So, uh, Mackenzie, uh, currently in Mexico, uh, the uh, juniors, which is a peewee league, all the girls are allowed to play on the boys' squads. And then once they hit, I believe, 11 or 12, then they are they are re- recommended to uh, seek a team that obviously goes towards a 15 level, so they can practice with the team, um, and then at that point they would be rostered as soon as they hit 15. That's awesome. That is yeah. very very cool. Wow. So my next question then is um, kind of bouncing off what Luis had asked earlier. Um, instead of what the what his favorite part about the tournament was my question is is kind of what was what would he have said was his biggest transgression or toughest part about um getting to the tournament um just general things in that nature so uh, coach Giovanni dice Mackenzie que que es algo que observó usted para dificultades que tuvieron ciertos grupos para uh, llegar a Mérida era costo o era parte de entrenamiento o porque todos tienen trabajos también, se supone, ¿verdad? Sí, la verdad es que hubo varias jugadoras que no pudieron asistir. Primero por los costos, la verdad es que viajar, tener un viaje así, sí genera un costo el cual pues realmente muchas muchas de las jugadoras estudian o muchas ya trabajan, entonces fue, fue algo muy, muy complicado esa cuestión. La siguiente fue que como muchas estudian, muchas están trabajando la cuestión de permisos en el, al nivel escolar y al nivel tra- de trabajo pues también no no fue mucho, no tuvimos mucho apoyo de, de esas de, en esa parte de, de las jugadoras porque no podían este, faltar mucho tiempo en su trabajo en las, en las escuelas y otra por parte de eso es que también muchas eran madres de familia el cual pues se les conflictuaba por por cuidar a su familia cuidar a sus hijos, entonces tuvimos varias varias faltas por, por esos motivos pero creo que las jugadoras que asistieron mostraron un excelente nivel. 
So, Mackenzie, just like anywhere else uh, in the women's game, as he says, there's obviously difficulties to arrive financially. Some of the some of the uh, players that we he would have loved to have there could not make the trip because of finances, and others uh, because of job responsibility or home life. In other words, their mothers and they have to take care of their families and stuff, and they were not able to go there. So he was, uh, you know, disappointed in the fact that not the best players that he thought he they could get there were there, but he was also very uh, excited that those that did go there uh, obviously played a, a great tournament. Awesome. That's good to hear. You know, just like, you know, we have here in the States, um, kind of like you said already, we um, we as women's players do have those um, home life and job responsibilities first um, since we don't quite make our own income off of um, playing the sport of football quite yet, but I would think just like all of us, you know, our general goal for women's uh, women's sports in general is to hopefully make enough income to make a living off of. So um, congrats to, to him for making the tournament and doing as well as they did. Um, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm excited for everything that they're doing down there. So I think I'm going to pass it off to Troy here. Okay, the say uh, coach Giovanni said Mackenzie que buen trabajo uh, con todo allá y este y todo lo que han hecho con la liga y el torneo también. Muchísimas gracias, muchísimas gracias. La verdad es que este esas opiniones, la verdad es que nos motivan a seguir trabajando, a seguir preparando a nuestras jugadoras para poder tener un gran nivel así como el que se juega en Estados Unidos. La verdad es que regresando nosotros del campeonato mundial pasado allí en Canadá nos propusimos el poder llegar en un mejor estado físico, en un mejor, elevar nuestro nivel de fútbol americano aquí en México, el cual que pues, paso a paso estamos haciendo las cosas y creo que vamos mejorando. So Mackenzie said he's uh, very excited that the amount of players that participated there was really, really high in terms of numbers and also the ultimate goal, obviously, because they've already won a bronze medal and they know what they're capable of. Now it's fundamentally to get ready for the next uh, challenge, which is the, the next uh, world championship. And he wants to put up the best roster to compete at a high level. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more, especially with already having won the bronze medal. Um, that's the next thing you want to, you know, any team wants to work towards is getting that next step, whether it be silver or gold or um, just complete domination of the tournament. So um, thank you, Coach, for your time. And I'm going to pass it off to Troy now. All right, Coach, aquí lo va a hacer este Troy Wilson. Va a hacer el, el, le va a hacer preguntas. Go ahead, Troy. Hey, Coach, how's it going? Um, and to ask you a question about, um, you know, the interest, you know, that's a lot of uh, a lot of ladies that are playing in there for 600. Um, how do you guys um, determine, the t I mean, where, where, where do most of these young ladies begin their athletic careers? I'm always interested in, you know, how the ladies transition from a previous sport that they played to now playing women's football. So where do you see the, the background for most of these ladies, um, their, their athletic backgrounds? So, Coach Giovanni, Troy, ¿quieres saber este, uh, a, qué, a qué punto uh, vienen las chicas? De, de, qué, de qué de otros deportes vienen las chicas ahorita recientemente? ¿Es de, de tocho? ¿Es de, de, de otros deportes? Los que, los que están jugando ahorita ya con ustedes más frecuente. Nosotros realmente las, las chavas este, particip, del, participan en flag football, 
participan en este, este fútbol americano equipado, tenemos algunas otras jugadoras que juegan básquetbol, que están en natación, que juegan fútbol, soccer, pero realmente sí juegan mucho este, otro, algunos otros deportes, pero la verdad es que se están dedicando también bastante tiempo al, al tra el entrenamiento ya de gimnasio y hablando de fútbol americano. Entonces, obviamente por la cuestión de que trabajan, de que estudian, pues mucho mucho de su tiempo libre pues lo, lo invierten en el fútbol americano, pero sí hay jugadoras que juegan básquetbol, que juegan natación, que juegan voleibol, este, flag fútbol, tuvimos algunas jugadoras que fueron seleccionadas para ir al campeonato mundial que fue ahorita en de flag fútbol que fue en Panamá. So Troy, uh, most of the players are obviously from the flag environment because that's the that's the majority of it. The others will come from uh, soccer with a soccer background, and majority of them are more athletic de devoted now because they play sports. So they're more gym savvy. So those are the players that are uh, the ones that are gym savvy are starting to devote themselves more to playing American football. Do you use, um, you know, the you know the fact that you guys got the bronze um, at the last international tournament? Do you guys use that as a recruiting tool just to see how, um, you know, um, how your league is now becoming so respected? amongst the women's football leagues? I mean, the women's football leagues around the world. Coach Giovanni dice, Troy, ¿qué es su, eh, su opinión? Ganando el bronce en Vancouver, ¿es algo ya de, de bueno para utilizar, para, uh, para hacer recruto para nuevas uh, chicas que quieran entrar o jugar en cualquier liga? En este punto, quiere ser FFX, FX México o Lexfa. ¿Usted piensa que eso es un, un factor ya, eh, eh, viendo lo que hicieron en, en Vancouver? La verdad es que fue para aquí en el, el nivel de, este, de fútbol americano, aquí en México, el ir a participar en un campeonato mundial, tener un buen resultado, traernos la medalla de bronce, aquí en México hizo que el fútbol americano femenil creciera. Ya muchas jugadas, muchas mujeres voltean a ver el fútbol americano, se integran aquí a las diferentes ligas. Aquí hablando solamente del Exfa y hablando de FXF, son alrededor de 45, 50 equipos que ya participan en las ligas, que están participando en las ligas. Hablamos de un promedio de más de mil jugadoras que participan en las dos en las dos ligas. Hablando que también tenemos diferentes equipos, diferentes ligas en el interior de la República, ya sea Monterrey, Tijuana, Baja California, Cancún, en diferentes partes de la República donde también ya se juega el fútbol americano femenil, entonces la verdad es que sí fue un buen buen este reflector para que las mujeres voltearan a ver el, el fútbol americano femenil, quisieran por, este, competir, quisieran jugarlo y qué mejor que ya se preparan de una forma completamente distinta, ya cuidan su alimentación, ya cuidamos en las partes físico-atlético, la parte de los coaches que ya se, se involucran más en la parte de estudiar, en la parte de sacar scout, en la parte de este, de ir a clínicas de fútbol americano para poder este, enseñarle a las jugadoras entonces eso ha sido algo muy sorprendente aquí en México que después del mundial fue un parteaguas para poder seguir compitiendo y que, que el fútbol americano aquí en México crezca So Troy um, a, a fuel was lighted based on the result in Vancouver because a lot of the girls that were maybe not anticipating to you know, compete or play in American football Uh, given the success in Vancouver, uh, about a thousand uh, players from Lexfa or FX Mexico now see the true value because they were 
part of that selection process and some and those that were on the roster to represent the inaugural team feel a huge responsibility now to get everybody on board for better fundamentals, better teaching. Even some of the coaches uh, that were part of the teams that are in Central Mexico now are willing to spend more time in scouting, willing more things to grow the sport as a serious sport. So he's uh, grateful that that's, uh, that step was taken and that the, the process has begun. And then hopefully this will improve the product as they get closer to just not national competition, but also internationally as they get into competition internationally. Absolutely. I, and I figured that as much because, listen, I don't care who you are. Anytime you're involved in sports, the one thing anybody wants to do when they're involved in sports is winning. And, you know, winning is is contagious. And you want to be involved in that. And, and all the ladies that, you know, saw that happen, I'm pretty sure they want to be involved in that also. And um, for my last question, how did you get involved in coaching? And tell us a little bit about your background as far as um, when it comes to uh, your football career. Coach Giovanni dice, Troy, que este, le puedes hacer a, a, a información o darnos sus detalles. Eh, ¿Cómo empezó usted? ¿A qué nivel está jugando ahorita? ¿Y, y cómo se, cómo se, cómo se uh, formó con el femenil? Okay. Yo llevo, tengo 28 años, este, jugado desde los 4 años, desde que empecé desde infantiles. Ahorita estoy jugando actualmente la, en la liga profesional, que aquí en México lleva 3 años que se creó una liga profesional de fútbol americano, estoy compitiendo ahí, jugué este a nivel colegial en uno de los gran, más este, de los mejores equipos de México que es Águilas Blancas del Instituto Politécnico Nacional, alrededor llevo coachando 10 años, estoy coachando ligas infantiles, juveniles y femenil, este llevo alrededor de 8 años coachando femenil me, este, me invitaron a coachar femenil el cual se ha participado desde ahí desde ese entonces con un equipo que se llamó Ravens y después me, me pasé a vikingas este estuve en el primer campeonato nacional que se conformó que fue donde quedamos campeonas como FXF posteriormente recibí el, la invitación de la Federación Mexicana de Fútbol Americano para ser el head coach de, del, 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 del tercer campeonato mundial pero la, el primer campeonato donde participó la selección mexicana y actualmente pues ahorita estamos trabajando en darle continuidad al proyecto y es, esperemos seguir con siendo el, el head coach de la selección para poder ir a, a los campeonatos mundiales posteriores pero si sí, llevo ya 10 años coachando digo infantiles juveniles este y femenil en el cual pues trabajamos y tratamos de estar siempre actualizados so Troy, he's got he's 20 years old right now. Currently, uh, he's been able to coach, uh, p, uh, you know, Pee Wee, which is basically Pop Warner up to youth level, which is like similar to high school. And then he got involved with female football. And then he's obviously competing right now, uh, third year uh, at, at the professional league, the LFPA with the Mexicas. And he's played there and he's won his championship there. He also won the championship in the first annual national selection tournament and uh, various championships with FX Mexico with the Vikingas. And uh, he's very proud that he was able to be, be the first coach to represent the team at, at Vancouver and actually won, win the bronze medal in the, at the third world championship. So uh, a lot of things to be proud of, but also 
he's just looking forward to the growth and the explosion that's going to happen coming years here with female uh, with the female aspects of the sport. Beautiful, beautiful, and and I appreciate that. So um, uh, I really appreciate the effort that you guys put in. We follow you guys all the time, and we're definitely uh, keeping an eye on your league. So awesome job for everything you've done, man. So, Coach Giovanni, you said, Troy, que este buen trabajo que ha hecho usted, aparte de, uh, de soportar el deporte, pero individualmente también. Y él hace follow usted uh, en todas las sociales porque ya sabe que es un buen competidor y, y uh, se supone que eh, un coach también muy bueno so, uh, todo bueno para usted Muchísimas gracias coach, la verdad es que trabajamos, la verdad es que nos apasiona esta es una profesión que este, me gusta, entonces tenemos que siempre trabajarlo y la verdad disfrutar lo que hacemos Alright, so coach uh, Giovanni, gracias uh, por su tiempo, uh, vamos a estar en contacto um, Vamos a estar en contacto con usted en los meses que vengan. Va a estar la nueva temporada y supone la selección anual también. So, uh, gracias por su tiempo. Esperamos uh, mucho más éxito para usted, para su equipo. Y vamos a estar este, con detalles a, a, nuestra, a nuestros este, jugadores que tenemos en Facebook y en, en Twitter también. Y ellos también uh, anticipando la nueva temporada de FX México. Perfecto, muchísimas gracias por tomarse el tiempo, por darle la difusión al fútbol americano de aquí de México. La verdad es que es muy grato que llegue a Estados Unidos, a, a, a toda la parte de donde ustedes llegan. Y la verdad es que gracias por tomarse ese espacio y darnos ese seguimiento que también nos, nos sirve mucho a nosotras como este coaches y, y a las jugadoras muchísimo más. Gracias por, por esto. Gracias, Coach Giovanni. Thank you. Uh, vamos a estar en contacto en el futuro y uh, más, más éxito y excelencia en México. Gracias. Thank you. All right, guys. Uh, that was uh, Coach Giovanni uh, uh, Larios, and he was the winning uh, head coach of the bronze-winning Mexican team at the IFAB World Championships in uh, Vancouver. So uh, what what an awesome accomplishment. And now he's done a tremendous job in Mexico with the national process to get a better roster for the next world championship. Yeah, that's just extremely, I was, I was more or less in shock that um, girls as young as 15 can start playing. That's almost unheard of here in the States as far as being on, um, I guess, a more of a national circuit. Yeah, I yeah there's there's opportunity. That. There's huge opportunity, and they're working towards that. They're striving for um, trying to get everybody at that same level from the youth function to all the way down, you know, to the major players, which is the older uh, players. So there is a, uh, you know, what you call a uh, an opportunity now that they're taking it very serious for that as well. I'm just impressed there's that much interest. I mean, I know that we talk about these leagues and we we follow them and and by the way, it's it's uh you have the advantage that you speak espanol. But uh you yeah. know, it's just <laughs> that's awesome. Uh it's just really cool to see the growth and like I said, I watched some of those clips and 
they're going to, I mean, teams are catching up to the U.S. The U.S. is still king as far as the females. Uh, but people are catching up, and they're learning, and they're growing, and I just think it'll be really fun to watch the next couple of years. Yeah, it's been an honor for me to talk to him because he's been a special uh, individual and athlete. Uh, he's devoted a lot of time, as, as he said, to youth, you know, the, the Pop Warner League to the high school level. He played collegiate ball, and he also he was at a point where he was going to make the NFL at some point, but it just didn't happen for him. But he's played professional football. He's been playing professional football for the last three years in the Mexico League. And so he's just he won the championship this past season. So he is of a championship mindset. And I think that's why this team, uh, the team that went to Vancouver, you know, even undersized and not having the bulk factor of it, uh, did not, you know, he did not put that on his team. His, his attitude was to win with, with our own capabilities. And I think that, that was proven by them. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I, what, what more can you say? I just think people are taking their skills and using them other places and see where they can be helpful to other people. I just think it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's yeah, go into the other huddle here, the third huddle. And uh, let's bring in uh, Fabiola Rocha, who was actually at the event um, covering it for uh, Regeneration.com, and then she was covering it for Football Femme Mexico. Uh, Fabiola, uh, bienvenida al programa. Gracias por hacer el tiempo. Hola. Este, ¿Cómo estamos hoy? Muy bien, aquí andamos. Un DF lluvioso. Uh, acabamos de hablar con el coach Giovanni y él estaba, tenía muchas buenas noticias por lo que pasó en Mérida y tú eras parte del, del cubrimiento allá y te damos gracias por hacer ese cubrimiento y y este importante para la, el deporte femenino especialmente el, el americano en México so este cómo estuvo el evento Fabiola y este qué fueron tus impresiones bueno mira eh, fue un evento muy bien organizado desde mi punto de vista eh, que reunió a, a de península a península de de, de de México jugadoras desde Baja California jugadoras de Nuevo León, de la zona de La Laguna, la zona del Bajío, la zona centro y finalmente la península de Yucatán y Quintana Roo. Entonces reunió a más o menos 600 eh, participantes, mujeres, eh, y me pareció que fue un gran evento en el que se pudo ver también los valores del fútbol americano, el compañerismo, el amor, la pasión, la entrega de las chicas, eh, y también las fallas que existen. Eh, sí, se, sí se dejó muy claro que en la zona centro del país es, es donde hay mucho más eh, desarrollo del fútbol americano femenil. Y aunque otros estados como, como los estados del norte y los estados del sur tienen sus, sus propios movimientos de fútbol femenil, todavía no están a la altura, eh, bueno, no, 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 no a la altura, sino no están al nivel de del desarrollo del fútbol femenino en el centro del país, definitivamente. Pues, Fabiola, este, es, Fabiola te, uh, ¿querías hacer inglés o vamos a continuar con español? Prefiero español, si no te molesta. Ok, está bien. Um, Fabiola, ¿es, ¿era la primera vez que fuiste a un evento de estos, de este, de este clase, o, o ya habías uh, observado tu uh, uh, fútbol americano femenil? 
No, es la primera vez que reporto desde el campo el fútbol femenil. Yo ya había hecho varias entrevistas a jugadoras. Eh, el año pasado, cuando fue el Mundial, en el 2017, hice un par de piezas eh, para ellas, porque yo sabía que estaban teniendo muchos problemas para obtener recursos en primera instancia, y después cuando ganaron eh, la, el tercer lugar en, en Vancouver, hice una nueva nota sobre su participación. Entrevisté también a Shanat Lapisco, entrevisté a, a otra jugadora que se llama, bueno, exjugadora que se llama Trivi Huerta. He estado muy al pendiente del fútbol femenil, pero no como tal en un evento como este, que sí eh, sí es totalmente diferente y muy muy impresionante, muy, pues no sé, o sea, como sí cambió mi, mi forma de ver el fútbol americano. So, um, guys, I'm just talking to Fabiola here about the impression she had at the tournament. Um, she was really impressed with everything that happened there. But she was more impressed at the fact that now that they've come back with the bronze win, that a lot more women are so interested in the sport and that that's the big, big, big deal. And that the fact that at the tournament, both teams from Central Mexico, and the, which is FXF and uh, Lexfa, are the strongest, and that was no doubt. But she was really encouraged at the fact that there was other players and teams from Baja Mexico, uh, Nuevo León, Uh, uh, the coast out in uh, Cancun that now are willing and able to participate and they really want to get into this, uh, you know, this drive to represent the country. So, um, Fabiola, voy a hacer hasta a Luisa aquí que te, este, te mando unas preguntas. Luisa es una mariscal claro. de, campio, uh, de campo campeonata en los Estados Unidos con los Falcones de Utah y ella te va a hacer unas preguntas. Por favor. All right, Luis. I am curious uh, how she got started and involved in all this. Ah, okay. Say, bueno, uh, yo, yo, yo entendí. Uh, okay, okay, está bien. Bueno, yo soy, soy muy amiga de Shanat, que es eh, una linebacker que, que, que estuvo en el Mundial del 2017. Y cuando ella me, me escribió sobre los problemas que estaban teniendo para recaudar los fondos para ir a Vancouver, empecé a involucrarme desde mi faceta de periodista. Y en realidad yo no había estado cerca de, de, del mundo del fútbol americano hasta ahora. Entonces ahora eh, las, las managers de fútbol me pidieron que fuera a hacer el trabajo de cobertura del evento. Por eso fue que, que fui, pero también es que a mí me interesa mucho la progresión de las mujeres en deportes extremos. También reporto mucho sobre lucha libre mexicana. Okay. All right, so um, Luis... She was contacting one of the players at the time when they were having the difficulties for funding to try to get to Vancouver. And as a reporter, it sort of intrigued her to try to uh, evaluate on this whole situation. And once she got to the tournament, then she kind of realized, you know, the biggest, the big deal that it was. And so now she's taken upon herself right now uh, to kind of write uh, stories about these challenges that are facing women in certain sports and one of these uh, in Mexico is obviously this sport. Okay, well, that's really cool. I did, so what's her goal? I'll, now then I'll let it go to Mackenzie. So what's her goal futuristically? Perdón, ¿puedes traducir? Sí, dice que este que todo todo bueno para hacer eso, para ayudarlas. ¿Qué es, qué es tu goal? ¿Es continuar con hacer historias con los equipos o lo impresionaste con las ciertas jugadoras? Que es algo que sí. en el futuro que vas a hacer. Sí, es algo que eh, tengo planeado, pero nada más este, 
eh, yo, sino Football Fam es, eh, está como tratando de, de rescatar las historias de jugadoras y también de, de la situación en general del fútbol americano en México para darle mucho más eh, visibilidad y hacerlo más presente en la vida de en la vida deportiva en México. So she's, uh, she's on board. She's on board with her coverage with uh, Football Fem Mexico, and she's trying to again uh, to get more visibility so that people are aware of the sport. Go ahead, Fabiola. Así, ahora hicimos una serie de entrevistas que próximamente vamos a ir eh, publicando y haciendo visibles de eh, específicas jugadoras o, per, o mujeres que han eh, ayudado a la progresión del fútbol femenino en México. So they're working on a piece right now, Luis, uh, where they're going to uh, spotlight a couple players that have been impactful in the sport, and they're looking forward to uh, rolling that out in the next couple weeks. Well, good for them. Good for her. That's really cool that she can use her talents that way. Excellent. Thank you. All right, Mackenzie, go ahead. All right. Hello. How are you today? Fine. Awesome. So my question for you um, as a reporter is um, what would you say um, the women's, the women's, the sport of women's football needs as far as um, to get more exposure to become more um, relevant um, throughout the globe as opposed to just um, Mexico and the United States and uh, Germany? Perdón, ¿puedes traducir? Dice que, uh, ¿en qué estás tú ahorita, Fabiola, en el proceso para atraer más uh, este conocimiento del deporte? No nomás en, en, tu, en tu país, pero uh, su deporte, que el, el deporte ya está creciendo mundialmente, pero ¿en qué caso estás tú ahorita para hacerlo crecer o, o traer más atención en México? Bueno, eh, primero sí nos queremos concentrar en, en hacer visibles las historias de las jugadoras. También, obviamente, yo necesito mucho más aprendizaje, ya estuve en contacto ahora que fue el nacional con otros eh, entrenadores y entrenadoras, eh, específicamente una que se llama Trivi Tochitl Huerta, y ella me ha ayudado mucho a saber como qué, qué significa, um, cuáles son las reglas del juego, qué significan las, reg las reglas cada vez que hace un árbitro, cuáles son las sanciones. Eh, sí estoy en, 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 en la vía de conocer más sobre el deporte, pero pienso que mmm, la, la manera de, de hacer crecer el deporte es justo como visibilizándolo muchísimo de las mayores maneras posibles y en cualquier portal en el que pueda uh, uh, yo, Fabiola, hablar sobre esto y supongo que Fútbol Femme también eh, exponer sus, los productos que están creando, eh, ellos también lo harán. So, Mackenzie, she's saying that um, at this point her, her goal is to learn more about the sport Uh, the terminology of the sport in order for it to be uh, doing more better reporting and, and bring that out and spotlight more players and not just their struggles, but the successes that they're going to have. And that's one of the platforms that uh, Football Femme Mex uh, via Facebook is going to be working with. Awesome. Wow, man, that's so cool. Um, so my my next and final question is, and then I'll um, hand it over to Troy, is, Um, with all these different kinds of uh, platforms, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all these other social media outlets, um, how long does um, she think it'll take for 
um, football in Mexico and um, the rest of the international tournaments to um, kind of hit wildfire as far as getting their product out to the other um, social media and uh, internet platforms to essentially um, promote what they're doing um, on another level. Uh, Fabiola dice que este a, a, qué, a qué punto se va este, a hacer más este relación sobre so, so, so las medias sociales no nomás sino you know, Facebook pero todas las otras uh, uh, avenues que tenemos que que, mm -hmm. que reconozcan que el, el deporte femenil existe bueno actualmente fútbol fem tiene tres plataformas bueno en redes sociales pero también está buscando hacer su propia página web um, no sé si con eso respondo la pregunta. Sí. Ok. Bueno, y también están buscando eh, hacer más más cosas, como a, aliarse con, por ejemplo, Máximo Avance u otras cadenas eh, de, de fútbol para promover el deporte femenil exclusivamente. So Mackenzie, they're working with other avenues like Maximo Vente to try to get them uh, some support and network with them. They're also going to, uh, they're in the works of putting up their own website on top of the social media platforms that they have right now, just to uh, start to bring more attention to the sport uh, in the country. Awesome. That's, man, that's just so cool. I, I'm excited to see, um, you know, the takeoff with, with this this entire thing. Um, but I think I'm going to hand it over to, uh, to Troy for his questions. Okay. All right, Troy. Yeah. Have you noticed an uptick in viewership or in readership as far as uh, things that you are posting regarding women's football? Because it seems to me like there seems to be um, just a lot more involvement right now. It just really seems to be picking up. And, you know, we talk to – we talk about it all the time on the show about, you know, there are women's leagues popping up everywhere around the world. So do you notice, like, more involvement in the women's game and more interest in the women's game? Um, ¿Puedes decir? Sí, este dice, Troy, que has notado tú desde que empezaste a cubrirlo que se ha aumentado el aumento de cubrimiento o de querer cubrir el deporte, especialmente con todo el éxito que tuvo el equipo en, en el, el campeonato mundial? Um, bueno, no tanto como quisiéramos. Sí hay, sí hay progresión, eh, definitivamente. Pero, por ejemplo, en este último campeonato, eh, la cobertura de la prensa fue eh, únicamente local. Y el único, el único periódico que sobresaltó el campeonato nacional eh, a nivel nacional fue Milenio y algunos portales eh, que son nacionales. Pero realmente a mí me parece que la prensa sigue menospreciando el trabajo de las atletas mexicanas, no nada más en el fútbol americano, sino en general en, en, los, en los deportes femeniles. So Troy says there's still a disconnect in terms of covering just women's sports in general. In her eyes, um, there was a positive, but there was only select outlets. So it wasn't on major networks that they took a, you know, took a, an interest in it. So she thinks that there's still a lot more work to be done to bring more visibility to the sport. Mm -hmm. Do you have an opinion on what would, like uh, what would bring more visibility to the sport um it, it we all have kind of 
uh, theories on what could, what we could do. But what is what is your opinion on getting more visibility, or how we can get more visibility to the women's game? Bueno, primero que pongan a más reporteros a cubrirlo. Esta vez que estuvimos en el Nacional era muy muy impresionante que los reporteros, solamente el día de la inauguración cuando había autoridades y después el día de la, de la clausura hubo reporteros y no fueron muchos tampoco. Y fueron en general medios locales también. Era muy obvio porque se estaba realizando en Yucatán que iban a, a estar ahí. Entonces, primero que el que las salas de prensa se interesen más por eso. Eh, es muy impresionante que los deportes varoniles sí tienen más cobertura, o sea, totalmente mucha más cobertura. Y entiendo que tiene que ser una progresión, pero a mí me parece que los editores ya tienen que empezar a, a preocuparse por mandar eh, reporteras y reporteros. Sobre todo pienso que sí, eh, fotógrafos y reporteras, eh, al, fotógrafas y reporteras también. Y que no nada más es un asunto de no, no se cubre porque porque tampoco hay una visión como femenina del asunto. Es, eso es lo que yo pienso. So our thoughts is um, that there is somewhat local press, but there is no international interest to cover it. And also she thinks that that's the issue, uh, that it might be covered on the first day and the final day, but it isn't covered as a whole, as an important aspect, just like, they cover maybe youth level football or a men's football right now. So there's still a lot of things to be, to, uh, you know, to do to make it uh, the coverage as important as those uh, events. You done that, Troy? Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, that was, uh, that was really my only two questions that I had. But I appreciate it. Thank you so much. So, Fabiola, gracias yeah, por hacer you. el tiempo hoy. Este, estamos este, uh, mirando todo el cubrimiento que hicieron tú allá, las entrevistas que hiciste. Um, estamos bien, este, uh, you know, estamos bien en anticipando todo el torneo. Y cuando llegaste tú y hicimos este videos para convivir con eso, uh, trajo más uh, visión para la gente y tus entrevistas se supone que dieron más este indepto a lo que las jugadoras uh, you know, tuvieron que hacer para llegar ahí para competir y finalmente ciertas de ellas se supone que ganaron en semifinales y en finales so, gracias por tu, uh, tu trabajo que hiciste no hay de que lo hice con mucho gusto, gracias por la entrevista Fabiola, estamos en contacto, esperando más reportajes de ti y para hacerlo, para convivirlos también. So, uh, gracias por hacer el tiempo hoy y, con, y mucho éxito para Football Fan Mex uh, en los meses que vengan y para cubrir también las ligas que van a tener las temporadas regulares. Bueno, muchas gracias a ti. Que estén bien. Adiós. Adiós. All right, guys, uh, that was Fabiola Rocha. She was part of the Football Femme uh, Mexico uh, site that we shared uh, in conjunction with Maximo Advante in Mexico to cover the second annual uh, Mexican uh, Gridiron National Selection Tournament. So that was pretty exciting. Um, uh, you, you guys, what, what are your impressions, Mackenzie, of all this excitement in Mexico? It's pretty awesome. I personally, I am just, I'm just so thrilled to see that um, the sport of football itself has such a prominent 
um, presence down there in Mexico. I'm really excited to see how much further they can take this within the next couple of years. Um, I, I personally think us here in the States, um, you know, we could put together a board of some kind to try and um, help make that wildfire even more, whether it's, um, you know, helping do advertisements up here in the States with some of the teams and some of the tournaments we do, or whether they're, um, they're doing vice versa for things up here in the States. I'm just really excited to see how, how this takes off um, in general for them. I'm really, really excited. Well, you know what? Well, I mean, the, the fact that the fact that we have an amazing interest just starts the wildfire right there. Yeah, and that, that's the other, that's the other thing that just blows my mind. Go ahead, Troy. Yeah, there, yeah. There is, you know, there's a lot of interest um, in American football, you know, south of the border. And uh, the NFL, they know that. I mean, that's why they, you know, they tap into it. They like to play games in Mexico. Um, there's a lot of Cowboys fans, a lot of uh, Raider fans uh, down south of the border. You're starting to see some Arizona Cardinal fans down there, even New Orleans Saints fans, uh, Houston Texans fans. So there is a lot of interest uh, uh, south of the border um, in, in American style of football. And so I'm, I'm not – so I'm not overly surprised, but to hear that, you know, they had 600 players in a 12-team league, that's impressive. I mean, that that's some serious um, that is some serious promotion going on down there, and then for them to go to Vancouver and show out the way that they did, maybe a little bit undersized, um, but you know what? When it comes down to it, you know, uh, football is really kind of transitioning to a speed game. And so, you know, they kind of fit kind of right in on what they do because they're more quick than they are large, um, you know, in comparison to the to the other teams that were there at the at the tournament. So you love the you love the interest down there and it's really a lot of untapped potential um uh down there, but I, I really can't wait to see how this league transitions. So I'm I'm very interested to see how Lexla and um, and, and some of the other uh, leagues down in Mexico, how they start to transition and, and grow in the next two, three, four, five years. Yeah, and, and the fact that they play arena style, I think, benefits them in terms of speed. Because I think the arena 8 on 8 game is really about speed. So once they get to 11, it's a slower game, but they still have the advantage with speed. So I think that's a sort of a benefit, too, in that sense. Completely agree. And, you know, when you have that arena style of football, the one thing that it does increase is it increases the speed. And even if it's just from a, a, an aesthetic standpoint, when you shorten the field um, and you shorten the amount of players that's on the field, you got more wide open spaces, so you got better scores, you get better highlight games, and you get the, get a chance to see these ladies kind of showcase their skills. So, there are pros and cons to all of it. I mean, I know most of us who are football fans are used to 11-11, but I thoroughly enjoy arena-style football when you have less players on the field. I'll, I'll take it either way. I'm a football junkie, but I love to see the arena-style of football, and, and, it, and it does bode well for the, for the style that they play. Yeah, I was actually surprised that, uh, to hear that they're arena-style football as opposed to um, an outdoor or a legend style. Um, that actually intrigued me a lot. And 
I've never actually been a real huge fan of arena football until I found out that their leagues and teams are all arena style for the most part. And the reason for that, I think, is because their lack of numbers, and that makes more feasible. Sort of like with the, you know, sort of like when you can't roster a size, you just got to go to eight nine eight, and they've been doing it for a long time. So going to eleven now is kind of a passion for them. As Coach Devani said, that is their goal now to stabilize the sport to a true eleven eleven because they're going to need that to, to be competitive on an international scale, even if they're not doing a world championship, even if they're trying to compete. Uh, in their state, there's a lot of teams that want to go 11 11 now, and a huge, a huge environment in Mexico is really about men's. The men's clubs are supported by universities and everything else. So we still have the same aspect we have in the states here, where the NCAA doesn't support the women's game here. So the the, the intangibles are almost similar, and but the difference is that they've stuck to what works, which is they're going to stick to 11 on, uh, I mean eight on eight. And they're just going to build a couple 11 on 11 teams just to, to make it stronger. So it's a process, I guess, as Coach Giovanni says, going forward. That's what they're looking forward to. Uh, great job that the Federation is supporting them now on a full-scale level, too, um, which before the tournament at the World Championship, there was issues with logistics and everything. So things have kind of uh, shifted in a different way, which is in a positive way for them. So we're looking forward to the fall seasons of Lexfa and FXF Mexico as well as the other leagues that we cover, OSAPA, as well as all the other leagues that we cover in Mexico. So thanks to our network partners out there for supporting us. Uh, once again, thank you to Maximo Avance for the amazing coverage of the tournament. So, uh, guys, before we get out of here, let's talk this out. Uh, Mackenzie, the Pro Cloud Transatlantic Championship will be on the line coming up this weekend as the Birmingham Lions of the BAFA women, the Helsinki Wolverines of the Finnish League, and the United States Division II WFA champion New York Sharks will compete for best title there at the Transatlantic. Who will take the title? So uh, what's our impressions of the tournament coming up this weekend? Um, the tournament, in my eyes, it's, it's full of very, very high-level teams. Um, when you look across the board, as far as all three of the teams that are competing in the tournament right now, their defense, all three of their defenses are high level. There's not really too many gaps as far as um, talent. As far as their offense is concerned, um, all three of them seem to run more of a power, a power offense. Um, they are pretty pass moderate as well, so it's gonna it's gonna mix up the game. Um, the game's pretty pretty evenly, but I, I have to take the New York Sharks. I have to. That's just, I mean, and I can't. I don't think I can side with any other. Um, any other of the teams? You're sticking with your. You're sticking with your. You're sticking with your country. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> yeah, I am. Not not to say that I'm a homer or anything, but um, I'm just. I'm yeah, sharks are wonderful. Sharks. Um, you know they've they've gone they've gone through so many trials and tribulations as far as um, getting through to getting through to um, the all the uh, all American tournament weekend with the championship they had um, at that weekend in Atlanta now to going to um, the pro crowd, the, pro, the uh, transatlantic tournament here coming up this weekend. So like I said, I'm, I'm going to stick with my sharks for this, for this championship. I think we're all going sharks. Uh, no disrespect to Helsinki or Birmingham, but uh, I think we're all kind of rooting for that. If they win it all at the transatlantic, it's kind of, it'll be historic ending 
for Ander Douglas to write <laughs> her new book. So I, I I think we're sticking with a homer. Troy, you're not you're not going up against you're not going up in anybody else, right? But the Sharks, right? No, no, it's got to be Sharks. I mean, listen, I, I, I'm definitely a homer. Um, yeah, I mean, I, listen, I, but my biggest thing is is what I want to see is I want to see a great showing from all of the teams because when you have that, again, I guess the biggest picture is and the reason why they're doing this is so we can garner attention for the women's game. And so if you if we go out there and we see, you know, um, great matches between these three teams, I just think that's a good thing for everyone. But overall, when it comes down to it, everyone that's going there, they want to win the game. And I think New York has the best chance to win that game. Um, I'm definitely a homer on that one. So, yeah, I'm picking the Sharks. Man. All right. So we all agree. Uh, go New York Sharks at the Transatlantic Trophy uh, Championship. So uh, it'll be Birmingham Lions and the Helsinki uh, Wolverines plus the Sharks. Uh, it's going to be this weekend. It'll be covered. You can follow us on our Facebook page, wall-to-wall coverage. And uh, we look forward to networking with everybody out there this weekend. Let's go over to Brazil. Uh, it's going to be week – this past week, it was week four. Sinope Coyotes uh, defeated the Brasilia Pilots 30-8. to you can check out some of the highlights at Brasilia Pilot on Facebook. And then this coming week, week five, the 0-1 Curitiba Lions will be taking on the 0-1 Sao Paulo Spartans. Somebody's going to win this weekend, and they're going to get off the, the uh, donut hole. And then the second game is going to be the uh, uh, the what the Brasilia the Brasilia Pilots and the Curitiba. Let me just got my stuff mixed up here. One more time here. Curitoba Lions taking on the Spartans, and then it's the Curitoba Silverhawks. That's where I got messed up. There's two Curitoba teams. So the Silverhawks uh, are going to be taking on a Rio de Janeiro, and so uh, that's going to be pretty exciting, 1-0, 1-0. So uh, looking forward to the, uh, the coverage there. And then in Germany, Division One has been set. The championship is set. It's going to be September 22nd. Uh, it's going to be the Berlin Cobras taking on the Cologne Falconets. Uh, Munich uh, Cowboys versus Hamburg Amazons. That's going to be coming up this coming weekend. And then September 22nd is the ladies' bowl for the championship. So we, uh, Division Two quarterfinals were set already. So now the Division Two quarterfinals are going to be set as well for DB2. Elgin Sharks will be taking on the Stuttgart Scorpion Sisters, and the Hamburg Blue Devilins will be taking on the Cologne Ronin. We will have coverage from Ladies Football Germany. Uh, as the finals, uh, quarterfinals and semifinals get done, uh, and then we'll go into the finals as well. So look look for AFBD action and updates as we come this weekend. The WFL Legend Style Play, the championship is this weekend, semi uh, final September 1st. It is the Toluca Red Devils taking on the V-Queens of Saltillo. We will have coverage as well, uh, courtesy of V-Queens and Red Devils. So ch- check it out on our Facebook page. And so uh, it's going to be great excitement. And then in two weeks here, Legends Football League, Austin Acoustic will be taking on the Chicago Bliss this weekend. Don't miss it. LFL YouTube, you have the matchup, Acoustic, Los Angeles, and you also have Chicago versus Nashville. It's going to be a huge, huge matchup there. Um, I want to thank everybody for throwing us over 19,000 on our social media site. So, guys, can you believe that? We're at 19,000. That is huge. 
That's crazy. Oh man, nineteen thousand. Woo. Yeah, man. We have nineteen thousand uh, fans on our all our social platforms that are now aware of women's American football. That's just huge. It's crazy what social media can do for you. Oh, yeah. It's huge. Can you believe that? We would never get here without that. But, yeah, it's like hats off to all our loyal followers uh, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Snapchat, on YouTube, uh, and all the other platforms that we are on. Uh, Hats off to them for following us, believing in us, and also supporting all the women that play American football, whether it be legend style or full kit NFL style. Uh, awesome, awesome supporters. We were more than happy for that. But also on Snapchat as well. And so you guys can check us out there as well. So, um, Troy, it's just this is huge. We're starting to blow up here. And we haven't even talked NFL, and it's preseason. We don't really need to talk NFL. Nah, no, at this point, I mean, you know what? The next game coming up, there's going to be a lot of fours and fives out there. And, they're red, and you know, the teams are going to start making their cuts. Everybody's resting their starters and, you know, the players that have already made the team. So this preseason game is basically just to see who these young guys are going to get on their roster. But, hey, look, you know, the bullets are going to start flying after this week. So I can't wait. Um, week one matchup, you know, especially that Thursday night game, Philadelphia versus Atlanta, I'm definitely tuning in. want to see if the redhead is going to be out there under center for the, for the Eagles and, and see if they can repeat this year. Absolutely, I hope they do not repeat. So, you know, everyone knows I hate the Eagles more than anything. But I'm look, not I'm an Eagles fan either. I'm a diehard cowboy, so I, I feel you. Hey, look, wow. I'm a red look, at, look, at the, look at this East Coast hating mode. What's up with that? Hey, hey look, <laughs> we cannot root for the Eagles in any way, shape, or form. In no kind of way whatsoever. No, no. Please. No bribery I, either. I, yeah, I, I, I bet I can't story. bribe you guys at all. No. <laughs> Not happening. Not a chance. Nope. Can't do it. All right. I'm, a, I'm, I'm in the same boat you are as when I hate my Niners. So, I'm I'm with you guys. I'm, I'm a man. I'm a man. Huh. I, I can't do it. So, I'm like, exactly. I, I just can't. Yeah. It's just, ugh. Ugh. Yeah. That's how I feel about the, the Niners. The Sorry, Holly. Of, yeah. <laughs> the thought of the, of the Eagles even trying to make a comeback to me is just completely not a thing. I just no, I just don't. I don't see it happening. I don't. I, yeah. I don't see it happening. Um, and I want yeah, well, we'll to see, root for them. I don't care. Well, we'll see. What, we'll see what happens. Um, I hope I don't have to put you like in a safety spot or something or a safety box so you don't get to hear it or see it. Or, it's hey, okay. Look, there, we can't be. <laughs> There's only one pro to having the Eagles win the Super Bowl is to be able to say that the NFC East is absolutely the division of champions. They're the only division in football that has every single team that has won a Super Bowl. So there is some pride to be said about that. Other than that, it's all grease, man. It's all grease. It's, it's unhealthy. I, I can't. Boy, I, I can tell you you're passionate. You're really hating the Eagles. <laughs> Look, it, it, you if, if you're – it, look, if your conference had as many Super Bowls as as our conference did, you would understand. And the fact oh, that the Eagles finally had one actually kind of upsets me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, you know what? I forgot to mention another big game, live stream, 
It's going to be live streamed this weekend. Uh, Stingrays, Gold Coast Stingrays, taking on the Bayside Ravens. Uh, I totally forgot about the Gridiron, uh, Gridiron Queensland, so I apologize. And then this past weekend, the results were 72 to zero Ravens over Raptors, 34 to six Thunder shocks the GC Stingrays, 34 to six. So uh, Stingrays looking for a rebound win against uh, Christy Moran and the Bayside Ravens, uh, Lord Evans over in Stingrays. So um, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you guys on that. I mean, I'm I just there's certain teams that I, we cannot lose to, and I wouldn't lose to. And obviously for you guys, it's the Eagles. Yeah, exactly. I just, you know, I'm looking forward to when they when uh, when the Redskins and Eagles play. That's gonna be that's gonna be nasty. And in any of the NFC East games, that's just gonna be nasty stuff, man. So we're definitely gonna look forward to covering all of that, and we'll all be discussing that throughout the next few weeks. All right. So you guys yeah, have been I, great. Um, it's been a a great podcast so far. We had Giovanni Carrillo Larios, uh, the uh, bronze-winning head coach of Team Mexico. We had Fabiola Rocha, who came in in the house to kind of give us perspective on the tournament. And we can't forget Wynn Aflada Donami, who's doing some awesome job with the Mile High Blaze out there. So, Mackenzie, maybe it's time for you to make the road over to Denver because she's recruiting everybody. Oh, man, um, that's a very long drive from Iowa, I'll tell you that. Um, but I definitely <laughs> plan on staying with the crush the next couple seasons. Um, although I wouldn't be opposed to trying out for other teams if I end up moving out of Iowa. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of teams the in the WFA. So. Denver's building a juggernaut out there. You know what, man? The mountains out there is beautiful. That might be a destination for you. Take a look, Mac. <laughs> you know, I'm also I'm also interested to see if um, the Colorado Freeze and the Mile High Blazer if they're gonna if there's gonna be that instant um, rivalry like created even more um, now that the Freeze is in the WFA. Oh yeah, that, that should be a, a huge interstate rivalry. It's been and it's gonna be it's gonna get hotter. I think it'll be better. Um, for sure. Is, it, is, um, is there anything in sports better than a rivalry? I mean, damn, we just crave rivalries, man. That is the best thing in sports is teams that just flat out do not like each other. And it doesn't even matter the reason why they don't like each other. We just like the vitriol. So, yeah, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm rooting for that. I definitely need to see that. Let's make that happen. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, and it's, right. it's kind of like, uh, like the Madison Blaze and the uh, with, uh, Wisconsin Dragons. Uh, they're definitely – uh, going to brew up as um, that Wisconsin in-state rivalry kind of um, like they did when um, the Wisconsin Warriors were an installment for the IWFL. So I'm looking forward to those two rivalries um, actually becoming more prominent. I think it's going to be really exciting 2019. Uh, there's a lot of changes coming with the WNFC in the mix now. Huge. Um, we'll see what it transpires there and what comes out. But uh, totally excited for the WFA season. And we're looking forward to uh, Down Under uh, all season long with the NFL season. And we haven't even talked about the Czech League or the Italian League as well. And Brazilian League will get finished up there as well. So, uh, And then Great Iron West starts. A lot of women's football internationally as well. So we'll be covering it wall to wall. So once again, thanks to everybody for com- coming in. For the absent Tracy Brick and Luis Bean, as well as for Mackenzie Brooks here and uh, Troy Wilson and the option Holly Cutcliffe. 
We'll, get, we'll catch you guys here next week on the Grinder Blitz right here on Lock Talk Radio. Tune in and Apple Podcasts. Have a great night, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.